Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, PB and Chill. We're your hosts, Bhavna and Pooja. We are both seniors in college from Buffalo, New York, and we grew up as best friends. Although we have many similar experiences, we each have our own take on all sorts of different situations. We're coming at you not live from social distancing to reflect on these situations with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PB and Chill. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of PB and Chill. Bhavana and I are still social distanced and recording this from our respective homes, uh, even though it's nice and sunny outside, which is really sad. Essentially, we wanted to start our summer series, which we're going to be doing every summer, hopefully, uh, with this sort of pre-med talk. And each month, so June, July, August, we're going to have a new episode for you about the different facets of being a pre-med, um, going into medicine, because Bhavana and I really think that there are um, a lot of different paths and a lot of different routes to getting to the same end goal, and we really wanted to highlight that for you in this podcast series. Today we have a special guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonal. I just finished up my sophomore year of college, and I'm so happy to be on this podcast. Um, I have a blog called The Pre-Med Blog. That's where Pooja and Pavna kind of found me and got in touch with me. And in my blog, I just kind of um, document my journey through medicine, like how school's going, how life is going in general. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, Sonal, do you want to maybe start off with a little bit of your background and how you kind of got into medicine or what excites you about it? Yeah, so it's actually funny, but in high school, I was really like not the best student at all and like this was for mostly two different reasons but um when I was little like I know a lot of people are like oh like I've wanted to be a doctor since I was like you know five years old or like since middle school or whatever and like that was not me at all um from like what I remember and from what my parents told me I've always wanted to like go into like writing and like I wanted to be like an author when I was little I literally never wanted to do medicine and basically the reason for that was that when I was eight years old, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. And so that I had a brace on from when I was eight to when I was 14. And I was like in and out of the doctors a lot. And I had to do like, it was just like a really painful process. And so I was little and I was extremely immature. So I was like, oh my God, like doctors are like torturing these kids by making them like wear these things. Like that's what I actually thought. I was like, being a doctor is like the worst profession. You're like making other, other people's like lives so awful. Like I would never, ever, ever want to do that. So like when I was little, that was my perception of what a doctor was. And then my county is like weird in that you can apply out to different high schools. And so um, I applied to the high school that was like science focused. It wasn't, there were high schools that were medicine focused, but I didn't choose that because I just didn't know that I wanted to do that at that time. So I just applied to generally like the science-y high school because I knew that I liked science, but I didn't really know where to go from there. And so I went to that high school and then... I think the first and primary reason that I just was such a poor student in high school was that it was extremely competitive and that I didn't really like, there were like a lot of feelings of like doubt and stuff like that because my friends, they would study in an hour and they'd be done with homework and it would take me like quite a while to like get through it. And I thought I was like weird or I wasn't normal or I wasn't studying properly or something like must've been the issue. So that was kind of the first reason. And then the second reason was that um, I was the first person in my family to like 
go through like the US like school system and apply to colleges in the United States. I didn't really have anyone like looking out for me if that makes sense. And so I got I got like a lot of bad advice. Like someone told me that your ninth grade grades like don't matter and that they don't get sent to colleges. So I was like, okay, sounds good. And I just kind of hung out in ninth grade. Who told you that? I it was like some auntie who told me that too. I don't know why I listened to it, but I mean I didn't I just got some really ridiculous advice and I listened to all of it because I like didn't know any better. So I was just kind of like, okay, I'll go with it. And it ended up being really bad advice. And I just kind of started bad habits from ninth grade. And then it just continued on. And then I remember like my very first day of college, um, we had to like read chapter one of like the bio textbook. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll read it. And then it took me, I think, two hours to read the very first page. And I'm like, are you joking? Like, this is the easiest thing. Why is it taking me so long? And I was so frustrated. I was like sitting in my dorm. I was crying. And I was like, okay, like this isn't high school anymore. I have to stop feeling sorry for myself. And then I just had like a mindset change. And I was like, I don't care how long it takes me. I'm not just going to be like, oh my God, I suck, whatever. I'm just going to like do it. It's fine. That's really cool how I think going to college stimulated that mindset change for you. I think there's a lot of people in college right now who still don't have that mindset change. Um, yeah. I think it's really a mark of like showing maturity. Um, oh, thank you. But and what I want to touch on is how did you decide then to apply to not only to become a pre-med, but then to decide to like solidify that for yourself and go BSMD? Yeah. So I think um, kind of the starting point for that was that I finally got my brace and like all my issues um, sorted out when I was in ninth grade. So that was when I was essentially like cleared and I was like, okay to go. And um, then like looking on, even though I wasn't like wearing my brace anymore, I still had like a lot of back pain and a lot of back pain, like issues, whatever stuff related to that. And so I think then I realized how fortunate I was looking back on. I was like, I didn't have to go through surgery, even though that was an option that could have happened. Um, it could have been a lot worse. My back pain could have been so much worse if I hadn't corrected. So I think that kind of um, clued me into, okay, like medicine's a pretty cool career. Doctors weren't out there to torture me. They were actually out there to help me. And then a lot of extracurriculars I was involved with um, um, helped me see like what the everyday life of a doctor is like, kind of how, um, how real of an impact they have on people. And yeah, I think that's when I kind of um, started thinking about medicine. And then the summer before senior year, that's the first time I shadowed a doctor. And then after that, I, I feel like that's like for a lot of people, like shadowing a doctor, like gets you hooked on it. So I, after that, I was like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. Cool. Well, you know, it's actually really interesting that you bring this up because it's a completely different perspective than what Pooja and I went through because like both of our older siblings like are all in medicine and like they always gave us like really really good advice because they had already kind of gone through the whole process before we did. and we kind of also had each other in a way um but I think a lot a ton of people don't have that like experience and they have more of your experience so I think that's really interesting that you bring that up um so now that you know, um, since you're in a program and like, you know that like the end kind of product is being a doctor, do you know like what you want to do in the future um, in either in terms of being a doctor or like incorporating other 
aspects of your life. Like you said, you really liked writing at one point. Do you ever see yourself like kind of combining the two maybe? Yeah, I think so. The issue with me is that every single like specialty I shadow or every single thing I do, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. So it's like kind of hard for me to like pinpoint something because I'm like, I just like everything. It's just so hard. And um, as for writing, that's kind of why I started the pre-med blog because I kind of wanted to bring that like creative, that like writing side of me um, and like back into my life because I felt like I didn't want to really lose that as I went through medicine. So I wanted to keep that part of me. And so that's why I started my blog. And um, I feel like even though it's not like a traditional blog format, it's like on Instagram, it's still like, you know, writing out the captions, taking the pictures, still like putting stuff on my story. That's kind of like bringing out the creative part. I think in like how Bobina said, your, for lack of a better term, come up <laughs> is <laughs> a lot like different than us. But I think it also shows that there's baseline similarities between people who are trying to go into this field. And what I wanted to emphasize was that it's not, it's that we're not just like science oriented because like you right. like other things. And I also love to write, like, as I stated, I love to do a lot of creative things. And before I entered college, I started my blog, which was like mental health based, but also just like all my thoughts based, like to get it out in the open about like treating people and humanity. Um, and I feel like when I got into college, I actually like lost that part of myself. And I, that was like what I went through, right? Like as this like person in a BSMD program, I kind of got sucked into the only like science like mentality. And I was never like that, right? So when I got sucked into that and I lost that part of myself, I didn't know what to do. But I think when I realized that it was gone, that's when I, you know, started writing more articles, not just on my blog, but then I started a medium. I started this podcast with Bhavana, like any other way, any other avenue to get my creativity out there to show that just because I'm a pre-med student doesn't mean there aren't other things I'm interested in. I think that's like a really important aspect. So that's another reason why I wanted to bring you on here, because I think the fact that you started it like right out of high school is extremely like encouraging to some people to see like the fact that you are going to document your entire time, like the good and the bad that comes with every aspect of being a pre-med. I think that that's like super important. And I wanted to touch on how you said um, in high school, it was like a competitive atmosphere. And I know Bob and I went to a, we went to a public school. Granted, it was it was a very top tier like public school in our area. And I think both of us kind of felt a similar competitive pressure. Going back on it now, I can't really remember how we dealt with it. I think we just kept pushing through. I think it helped that we had older siblings that went through it. So what I want to talk about is how do you feel as the oldest going through all of this right now? I know you have a younger sister. How do you feel like you can, if this is what she wants to do, or no matter what she wants to do, how you're going to help guide her in through like all the different competitive atmospheres and quote unquote traumatic experiences that could happen as you grow up and have to decide what you want to do for your future? Right, yeah. And it's so interesting because I remember when me and my friends were like going through high school, going through like the application process, we thought just like, every bad grade every bad day was like the biggest deal ever and like looking back I'm like it wasn't like I wish I just like chilled out like took it easy like it wasn't that big of a deal and um I don't think my sister's she's still like pretty young so I don't think she's still like 
at that age where she's like stressing out about stuff but some of my other friends who have siblings who are like going through that they like they like lose in an election and they like start sobbing like their whole week is ruined it's like I I wish like I could tell my past self and I wish I could tell like others that like it's not the end of the world like you'll end up where you have to end up like you'll find a path eventually it's okay it's really okay (laughs) Another thing is that, like, even as many times as you say it, we have, like, our own autonomy. We kind of go through it. Like, we want to deal with our feelings as we face them. But even, like, Sonal and I were having a conversation the other day, and I was telling her, like, you know, like, I really, after some experiences I've had in college, I really believed, like, everything happens for a reason. Like, one thing that can be lost doesn't actually have to be a loss. And you know what actually is really funny? Our accounting professor. Because um, <laughs> Sonal and I were in the same accounting the class. Best. Um, he had this, like, Friday forum talk, and he was talking about how, like, how certain experiences in his life were, um, he didn't expect them to happen at the time, but if they didn't happen, he wouldn't be where he is today. And I sent him back some thoughts of my own on what he said, because I, and I told him about, like, what I went through throughout the year and how after, like, going through, like, a kind of self-victimizing phase and a self-pitying phase, I came out of it realizing actually, like, capitalize on these experiences. And then he sent me a clip from, I forgot the name of the movie, but it was basically, like, something really good happened, but this one person said, we'll see. And something really bad happened, and then he still responded, we'll see. So showing that, like, you can't just determine one instance happening in your life to be, like, the end-all, be-all of everything. And I think that that's really important, especially in going into this track, because because it's so competitive, you feel like one loss, one like even one gain can make your head really big or one loss can tear you down completely. Like that should not be the mentality you have going into this, because at the end of the day, the physician you want to be is someone that's caring for other people. So you need to cultivate different types of emotions to go into such a field, you know? Right. And there are some people who are like, oh, like, I have straight A's and that means I'm better than you. But I don't think people realize there's still so much that we have to learn. Like, you don't know everything just because you achieved something or you're not, like, super dumb just because you didn't achieve that thing. Everyone has their own path and it's what you make of it. I also think it's really, like, poetic that you kind of grew up with, like, getting all this, like, bad advice from people, but now you, like, are using your platform to give back and like give good advice to people who might be going through the same situations as you so hats off (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I was like looking back on it I'm like I cannot believe I took the advice of these people but then again I didn't know any better and so I did want to like make this um platform just so people you know don't get sucked into those bad advice like I always tell everyone like my dms are always open anonymous judgment free like people always start off with like oh, this is like a really dumb question but I have to ask you I'm like nothing is a dumb question I knew nothing trust me nothing is a dumb question <laughs> and I think that that's also really good that you're so open because I know we were talking about the other day that there are people that are literally I, I capitalizing in a negative sense on such yeah. a such a journey um I know we know some people that like monetize yeah. advice for like being a pre-med and I think that Like, I saw a Twitter thread that you posted about how, like, it's just completely unethical because it basically 
accentuates the like different social barriers that come with it like unless you have like a social connection to get you ahead then like you can't really go through and I feel like that's kind of what you went through because like you said your parents like they didn't go to college in um, America and then you had different aunties coming up to you telling you different things because you didn't have that like immediate social capital which I guess Bhavana and I could say we had just because we had older siblings but looking back on it like maybe my sister didn't have that right like all she had was my dad and Krishna probably didn't have any of that either you know like at all so I feel like we kind of don't have that perspective because we are the youngest but I feel like you using your platform to show that because you're the oldest is really important I think um what admissions and what is kind of needed in the world right now in medicine is a little more empathy and a good way to get empathy is bringing diversity into medicine and I think trying to monetize things like trying to monetize like MCAT plans trying to monetize like pre-med counseling is really harmful because um it kind of gives off this um I don't know it just kind of gives off this perception that medicine is like only for the elite when it shouldn't be like that I feel like when people put like a monetary value on things like pre-med advice rather than just making a post and be like this is what I went through tell me if you have any questions or if they like put a monetary um tag on like an MCAT plan rather than being like oh Khan Academy has free MCAT stuff go on Khan Academy and check that out if you want or ask me if you have any questions this is the score I got it's really hard because not only that but then people also give advice on things that they don't really know about and they try to um just anything to make a quick buck really and that's kind of if you're going into medicine and you're one of those people it's life is going to be really hard for you because you have to have a lot of empathy and you have to like really want the best for people if you're going into medicine. And if you're trying to make a quick buck off of pre-meds who don't know any better, who don't have any other advice and you're trying to get them to pay for that kind of stuff, it's just um, not a good characteristic of being like a, of good doctoring. I'm wondering, is there ever a cutoff point for when you can believe that someone will realize what they're doing is not for the better or do you just like like when do you stop like like looking at a person and thinking you're going to medicine right now you seem extremely immature and you're doing immature things but like I trust that by the time you actually become a certified physician you will have that empathy you will have that like understanding because I know I also like as Bhavna knows and as you know now like I went through certain experiences through this like past semester where I saw people behaving in ways that it didn't hurt me personally it just really surprised me as people who are going to be future physicians that they had the capability to be so lacking in empathy mm-hmm. and I think that I I personally want to believe that okay like it'll be okay four years down the line four years makes a huge difference these people will go into the field and have empathy they won't be like how they were four years ago but what what do you think we can do to like maybe even acknowledge those people and tell them to their face like what do you think you can do to actually gain like a better understanding of emotions and of a person if you're going to go into this field 
because I think like every every field like it matters to understand people, but more so it does in physicians because you are treating people. And you have to understand those people. Like, there is more than just a physical illness to a person. It's whatever's going on in their mind is just as important. And you need to understand that in order to know how to treat them, you know? Right, yeah. And it's so hard because, like, something like bad grades or, like, not enough leadership experience is, like, something you can work on. But character and, like, a person's value system is, like, going to be pretty much consistent with them throughout and so I think that's what, um, that's how you can differentiate like someone who's going to be a successful physician from someone who may not be, um, who may not be as kind and caring to their patients. And I think there's, there's really no way of, um, actually I disagree with myself. Um, there is a way, I think it's hard for like admissions committees to see that. But if you see people who are in your lives who are pre-med and you see their daily patterns, you see their daily behaviors, I would say that it is your responsibility to call them out on things that are, you know, not in the best interests of people. But there's also, if someone is stuck in their ways, there's only like so much you can do for them. And then at a certain point, it's, kind of like either they'll learn or you just have to trust that the field of medicine will just weed them out true yeah I was gonna agree to that like that point you just made like for some people like they make it work somehow even with for lack of a better word shitty personality Um, but I personally I'm not personally but like I just know people who can flip a switch like that like so quickly like being stupid and like immature to being completely professional so like I feel like it really depends on the person and their intentions for medicine because like I mean I feel like for the three of us like the reasons that we want to go into medicine are very heartfelt but for some people it's money or for some people it's prestige like it's like cloud different things so I feel like definitely what you said at the end like at some point there's nothing we can do and we just kind of have to let the system kind of weed them out somehow because like continuing and being consistent with your career in medicine is hard like it's definitely not for the weak hearted (laughs) (laughs) definitely not don't want to be there for the right reasons So I feel like I have this, like, optimistic, like, view that at the end, at least there will be, like, hopefully the system would have weeded out people who don't actually want to be there. But that's also very optimistic and probably not true. But (laughs) we can only hope. Yeah, you can exactly. You can only hope. And I think that's a really good point to bring up because everyone goes into medicine with different intentions than perhaps we do can you talk about I know you're doing something you're doing this dine New Jersey can you talk a little bit about that yeah dine one one yeah yeah so um me and um a few of my good friends um have started this initiative in New Jersey called dine one one and um it's based off of dine one one LA and it was basically started to um 
help. I know a lot of restaurants, like local restaurants, are donating food to hospitals, you know, to try to help them out. But we thought that they would be losing a lot of revenue doing that, especially since a lot of these restaurants are like small mom and pop, like local businesses. So we decided to raise money to kind of pay them to give food to them so that they're not losing revenue and so that hospital workers are also getting um, meals and things like that. So yeah, we basically raise money, we call local restaurants, see if they're interested, and then we order about um, 100 to, to 200 meals a week, and then we send it to local hospitals in the area, and New Jersey has been hit pretty hard, so a lot of the hospitals have been like, yeah, we need food like this many times a week, and so we've been sending it to them, so they've been really appreciative of that. That's yeah. really awesome. That's and wait, how did you hear of it, though, from L.A.? Are you the person with your friends who established the initiative within New Jersey itself? Or did you, like, take it over from someone? Or was it always there? And then how did you hear about it from L.A. in the first place? Mm -hmm. So it was my best friend who actually heard about it from L.A. I think she heard about it on the news, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so she got in touch with the founder of Down One L.A. And then she kind of helped set them up. And then um, she asked me and two other of my good friends to be like the managers or the people who oversee. And then we got a team together and then together the managers with her kind of planned which restaurants we would be contacting and whatever. And um, we've, I think at this point in the pandemic, things are starting to die down a little bit, I want to say. So um, the feedback that we've been getting is that certain hospitals might not need the food as much so we're thinking of kind of um doing instead of we usually do 100 meals to the hospital so we're thinking of doing like 50 to the hospital so we have to kind of tweak it as we go we're basically just the down one la is our parent company so whatever they decide that's kind of what we're gonna go off of but yeah that's really cool what do you do like on the side that's like maybe not related to medicine and also Going off of that, like, do you believe that, like, you know, like resume building or like resume padding is something that is necessary? Because I feel like there's a lot of different opinions about that, whether it's good or whether it's maybe a little bit good and still contributing to things. What are your thoughts about that? Right. So for your first part, yes, I need to do other things to keep me sane. Otherwise, I will not be okay. So usually um, I do a lot of hot yoga, which obviously has been closed right now. So very sad. But yeah, I do a lot of yoga, hot yoga and aerial yoga. So those are like my two favorite kinds. Did you say aerial yoga? Oh my, like the ones with the, the rip. Wait, I'll show you, I'll show you a picture. I have a picture of myself doing it. Wait, Sonal, you're so cool. What the hell? I'm not cool, I promise you. Gosh, that is so cool. I would, could never do that. I do that with my comforter in bed. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh my God. No, you do not have to be flexible to do that. I mean, obviously I'm not gonna lie, flexibility helps, but like you don't have to be flexible to do it. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I think the cool part about it is because I think I started doing it in like, I've always done yoga since I, like, I was in middle school. But I think in my sophomore year, I started aerial yoga. And then my senior year of high school, I started hot yoga. And it's just so challenging. And it's just so difficult. Like it always makes me want to do more. Um, So the studio that I go to, it's like, 
90 degrees, so you're like sweating so much, right? So it's that and then my favorite so there's like different levels instructors and I always go to this one instructor she plays like this really good like playlist it's like all like pop and hip-hop and like EDM music and it's like really intense it's like extremely intense I cannot do it usually okay so the very first time I went to hot yoga I didn't know what it was about so I had like a really big bowl of cereal and then I went and then halfway through I was like in the bathroom puking that was bad Yeah, it's extremely intense, but it's a lot of fun because you can feel yourself like getting stronger. Like the very first day of hot yoga, I like I was just so inflexible. I could not do a push up. And then the last like day I was like doing like five and I could like lay flat on the floor, like in a straddle. Like, yeah, you can like see yourself improve. New Jersey is so cool. Like (laughs) there's hot yoga in Buffalo, I bet. Yeah, Bobina, like, let's go. <laughs> I don't want to go to Bikram yoga, though, because that's not good. He's not good What's Bikram yoga? There's, like, this whole, like, Bikram yoga, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, a hot yoga place, but, like, there was a huge scandal with Bikram. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> what happened to Bikram? I shouldn't be laughing because there was, like, a really bad scandal. Wait, this is so random, but Sona, we used to have this place called Tandoori, which was like a really (laughs) good Indian restaurant. Everyone had like, there was a banquet hall and like people had parties there, like graduations there. It was like such a like staple. (laughs) Like a couple years ago, the owner just got a rest tax fraud and we were just like, oh. Driving by, we were driving by the um, the Tandoori place, and we just saw that it was closed, and we were like, "What? Like, what is <laughs> Like, it closed all of a sudden. I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be a banquet held like the next week at Tandoori, and then all of a sudden it was closed. <laughs> That's so random. Just Buffalo things. The only place we had was Tandoori. We don't have hot yoga. We don't have aerial yoga. We have Tandoori. Like, you should start your own studio. Um, if I was flexible and or a yogi, okay, I am not. I try to do yoga and I give up every two minutes. <laughs> then I'm like, I do the tree pose and then I'm like, oh, look at me all balanced. And then I move my leg up one more inch and I fall. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but that's really cool. I like that you do yoga. I'm trying to get into Thank it. I know you. there's a lot of um, yoga studios where my graduate school is located. So <laughs> I yeah. want to join those. And Prabhu goes to yoga studios actually in New York, which is really cool. Really? So. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yoga's the best. Do you do anything yeah. else? Like, I know I, I do cycling and stuff. Do you do, like, any other, like, form of, like, physical? I like biking. Yeah, I like, like, just being, I don't know if there's, like, a word for this, but I just like, like, being outdoors, like, hiking, biking on, like, the trail, if that makes sense. Outdoorsy? Yeah, out, being outdoorsy, I guess. You call it. Bhavana's like that too, though. Bhavana's super outdoorsy. What last time we went hiking, which was like probably two years ago, there was like this very thin ledge, like over like a huge like pit that I could have easily fallen into. And Bhavana was like, "Puja, we are gonna walk it." And I was like, "Bhavana, why? <laughs> why do I have to do 
you this. And she was like, I like adrenaline. I love adrenaline. It'll lead us to our destination. I love that. I always say like, you need to like do something like adrenaline inducing like every few months just to like, you know, keep your body recharged. No, I love like all adrenaline stuff. And every single vacation, my mom gets so sick of me and my sister because like, we're like in this beautiful part and we end up like, zip lining like doing like random like jet skiing like random stuff you guys are so cool i admire y'all i will be i will get there okay bobbin is trying to get me to get there so i will get there dude i got her to go on a roller coaster she did how do you like it i actually loved it but like the moment to like like sitting there was awful like sitting in the place like oh you took me on mind eraser and then you took me on viper right so mind eraser was super scary because my feet were dangling but actually that was the one i loved the most because for some reason i felt the most secure because even though my feet were dangling (laughs) anyways what were we talking about oh resume resume padding oh resume yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) okay i think hmm what are my opinions on this i think it's you have to acknowledge it. Like, you can't pretend that it's not there. Like, when you apply to, like, medicine-related programs, you will need to have, like, clinical experience. Like, that's a given. That's a requirement. You will need to have, like, maybe potentially some kind of research experience, potentially some kind of, like, volunteering or whatever experience. Like, that's not a secret. So, um, and for that, it's, like, if you hate your clinical experiences maybe you should not be a physician or maybe you should not go into healthcare but um I feel like other than the stuff that's like a given you should really kind of like do whatever makes you feel happy you shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel pressured to have like five different clinical experiences because you don't have to you can have one and then do four other things that you enjoy like it's you have to acknowledge it but it shouldn't be your end-all be-all basically yeah, I agree. I think this kind of goes back to that whole like psychology concept intrinsic motivation and stuff and like you're Pooja, you're a psych major, like your internal locus of control. <laughs> oh my god, internal and external locus of control are my two favorite topics. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think it's hard. Like this kind of reminds me of another topic which is volunteerism. I don't know if you've it like makes my stomach like hurt like yeah (laughs) it makes your stomach hurt that's so funny we we have this organization in our school called globe med and like we talk about volunteerism in the first couple of weeks because that's something we want to like avoid doing but for people who don't understand like who don't know about volunteerism it's basically like like you see like um like missionary like some like mission trips or something for example that go and like try to help like build schools for kids in Africa but then like they don't like I don't know I don't know it's really hard to explain it's like in medicine it's like if you're a pre-med kid and you're like yep I went and did cataract surgeries in Africa like what no you didn't like there there's no way you're like like first of all no you didn't and second of all if you did like that's like, would you do cataract surgery in the U.S.? No. Then why are you doing it in Africa? I literally, I get so heated about it. <laughs> and like, the biggest thing is like, I'm a public health minor, so we learn about community engagement all the time. And like, the biggest thing is to not go into a community and change something when you 
ask them what want like what they need to be like what they want to be changed which i think is like super super important because we could just go in and like build a school in africa but what if they don't want it what if they need something else exactly and that's why i saw like this thread on twitter one time where it was like oh like these these girls like built this school or this church in africa or whatever and then one person was like oh well why didn't you just give all that money that you raise and give it to local carpenters there and then have them build the school exactly include the community in it Ooh, he did anyways since you are like the pre-med blog do you have any study or organizational tips for like people who are listening to this and are interested in pre-med um i would say well something that i learned was that um i just always found myself like having a hard time getting started with studying like I would always just like not necessarily in a bad way but I would always be like okay like I cannot start studying unless I have a plan and then I'd make a plan and then it would get too late and I'd be like okay now I have to change this plan so I think my number one advice is just like it's okay if you like like there's no like secret just like pick up an assignment just start it like it's okay like you don't need to have like a plan just as long as you get something done you'll be fine that's one advice I have another advice is that um Oh, a lot of people think that good studying habits are like rereading and rereading and rereading and doing that over and over and over again. Um, it's better to like if you're taking in orgo or math type of things, stop reading the textbook, just do a bunch of practice problems. And if you're doing like a bio related course, do a lot of like, like quiz your friend or like quiz yourself, like do a lot of like active recall kind of studying because I didn't know that until like the end of my freshman year of college but I would just be sitting there reading it over and over again wondering why I didn't remember anything and it's because you're just doing it so passively and you have to like be able to quiz yourself and see what you do remember and see what you don't remember. I think most of the time any advice that you'll get from a college student is that you need to find the people that are willing to work with you and like let go of the people that are making you think that working with each other is not good. Yeah, it's all about collaboration. There's no need to be competitive because there are seats in medicine for everyone who deserves to be there. Thank you so much for joining us, Sonal. We honestly, like, this was an amazing conversation. (laughs) Thank you guys for inviting me on here. Everyone, if you aren't already, make sure you go follow Sonal at the pre-med blog on Instagram to hear more about her journey through medicine and how she gets through her final years of undergrad and eventually medical school. And if you aren't already, make sure you're following us at PB and Chill with four L's on Instagram because we are still unable to change our handle because Pat Berg just simply won't give it up. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in July.